0: This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hey everybody, welcome to my series on Seneca's letters, and today we are finally moving on to letter number five, On the Philosopher's Mean. And uh, in this letter, Seneca is discussing uh, the way that he thinks a philosopher should live his or her life. And, uh, you know, this is one of the things that I really love about Seneca's writings is uh, the, the extent to which he dives into the questions of, of what is a philosopher's task? How should they live their life? How, how should they communicate with people? What's the purpose of philosophy? because you'd hopefully expect that if you're going to be learning from a philosopher then maybe they have wrestled with probably the most fundamental question that they should wrestle with which is what am i actually doing here what's what's the purpose of this thing called philosophy what am i engaging with and 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 how should i most effectively engage with that that process And so that's exactly what Seneca is describing here. And I'm going to be focusing in the next couple of episodes on verses one through to six, because I think that this really gives us a great picture of the kind of middle way approach that Seneca takes to the task of philosophy. So I might just jump in and and I'll start reading and maybe even just pause in between sentences so that I can comment on uh, what I'm taking away from this writing. So he says... I commend you and rejoice in the fact that you are persistent in your studies, and that, putting aside all else, you make it each day your endeavour to become a better man. I do not merely exhort you to keep at it, I actually beg you to do so. Now, I really like that first sentence there, you know, because it, it does give us a picture of the way that Seneca sees philosophy. It is the task of becoming a better man or woman, right? It's it's the task of becoming a better, more fully formed and more functional human being. And I think that one thing that I, I, I take away from, from Seneca's writings on philosophy is that philosophy isn't simply reading a bunch of books about how to be a, you know, a better person. And I think that it can be easy to think that that's what philosophy is, especially today. When I mean, look, you're listening to a podcast where I'm I'm not actually delivering to you philosophy uh, as much as I am being a historian of Seneca's ideas, right? But the the process of philosophy is a very mm, for want of a way better term, it's a it's a very holistic approach, right? Where you will uh, act out processes in your day. You will engage in practice of how to live a good life, uh, practice introspection about how you could be uh, uh, showing up in a better way in your life. And, and it's not just about reading books. In fact, both Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and I believe I believe Epictetus, but I can't be sure, um, have mentioned, you know, throw away your books. You know, there, there is a limit to how much you should be reading as opposed to acting out the principles that you're learning in your life. So, I really like that he starts the letter by saying, I'm so glad that you're, you know, being persistent in, in your studies and also putting aside all else to, you know, make it your endeavor to become a, a better man. So, uh, you know, it's it's a practice as much as it is a, a study. So, he goes on. I warn you, however, not to act after the fashion of those who desire to be conspicuous rather than to improve, by doing things which rouse comment as regards to your dress or general way of living. Repellent attire, unkempt hair, slovenly beard, open scorn of silver dishes, a couch on the bare earth, and other perverted forms of self-display are to be avoided. The mere name of philosophy, however quietly pursued, is an object of sufficient scorn. And what would happen if we should begin to separate ourselves from the customs of our fellow men? So, there's a really important lesson that Seneca's trying to get across here, which is that, you know, trying to remove yourself from the customs of your society isn't the thing that makes you uh, skilled in the practice of philosophy. And I can definitely give you an example of where I have done this and when I have recognized that I've been doing this and, and, and stopped, right? And, and the example that I would give you is towards the start of 2020, I started doing a lot more interviews on the podcast. And during that time, I definitely recognized looking back at, at, at what was going on that I felt... That because I was wearing very simple clothes, I was, you know, I was just wearing like a, a simple Nike, you know, black shirt. Um, you know, that because I was doing that, I was embodying the principles of stoicism, which was being happy with plain living and, and you know, very plain clothing. Um, and something that I recognized later on in the year was that's just, that's just not me. That's just not who I am. You know, I've always enjoyed a really good Hawaiian shirt or a really colorful shirt. for some reason, I just, I'm really drawn to that kind of clothing. I think it's cool. Uh, and from a very young age, I was definitely, uh, always excited to find like a Hawaiian shirt or a crazy patterned shirt in an op shop. And that's just, that's just part of who I am. You know, I'm, I'm a creative person. I'm a musician and, and I enjoy that sort of stuff. And here I was thinking that because I was all of a sudden, you know, wearing these very plain clothes, that that made me a better philosopher. And that just wasn't the case. And luckily enough, I have a wife who often knows me better than I know myself. And she pointed out to me a few times and, and said kind of, hey, listen, uh, you know, I miss the the colourful shirt, Simon. Why don't you wear you know these shirts anymore? Because that that's who you are. And I'm grateful that she did that because it pulled me back from the brink of of doing something that was fake and that that really didn't make a difference or mean that I was being better in my pursuit of philosophy at, at all. And uh, it, it's, it's funny. I think that what Seneca is saying here as well can be seen as almost a, a jab at cynicism, the cynic philosophy, because this was what the cynics were trying to do they were you know really involved as i've said in previous episodes in this experiment of how little can i you know can i have in my life and still be happy and live a flourishing life and what that meant most of the time was that they were going to pretty much deny all customs of their culture uh, there's some hilarious stories of some of the cynics and the things that they would do and the things that they would say to people walking by and just how far they would go to alienate themselves from from the people of their culture but what Seneca is saying here is, that, listen, that's, that's not necessary, right? There's a middle way approach. There's a, there's a way that we can do this thing called philosophy and not be separated from our culture and our society. And I think that that's necessary. And, and we see why in, the, in the, the coming passages. So he says, inwardly, we ought to be different in all respects, but our exterior should conform to society, do not wear too fine, nor yet too frowsy a toga. One needs no silver plate encrusted and embossed in solid gold, but we should not believe that the lack of silver and gold is the proof of a simple life. Let us try to maintain a higher standard of life than that of the multitude, but not a contrary standard. Otherwise, we shall frighten away and repel the very persons whom we are trying to improve. Now, I think that this is really one of the key ideas that can help us to uh, understand the way that Seneca approached philosophy and living right? Because what he's trying to say here is that you need to find a way to maintain your commonality with the people who you live in the society with. Um, You know, one reason is because, hey, we're living in a society, we're living in a community. It'd be good if you wouldn't alienate yourself from everybody, right? Because what are the chances you're going to help anybody as a philosopher if you alienate yourself from them and make your life uh, too distant from theirs, right? And that's a really, really wise observation. And I think that the important lesson here is that a philosopher and a philosophy uh, need to have two key aspects. Firstly, uh, they need to find some common ground with, with the mob, with the, with the crowd, with the people who they're seeking to improve, right? So that they actually don't turn people away, but they encourage people to come into the fold, you know, to come into the philosophy or to the philosopher. And then they also need to have the aspect that is able to improve the lives of those people who who they are seeking to improve. And one of the ways that Seneca solves this, right, is like he's saying, you know, don't alienate yourself from your culture and your society. But also, you as a person, meaning you internally, should be very different from the mob and the crowd, and that's where you really want people to see the difference. You don't want them to see a massive difference in the way that you're living your life. But internally, as a person, the way that you show up in the world, your character, that should be completely different. And it's funny because I look back at my upbringing and uh, I think one of the the key ideas that I was always taught in my youth uh, as, as a Mormon growing up uh, was that we should seek to be different from the mob internally. You know, we we should we should live in society and we should we should contribute to society and we should be a part of society, right? in in a meaningful uh, and and useful way. But people should always be able to recognize that there's something quite different about us as as people in in terms of our character. I think that that is such an important lesson to instill within youth, that you, you want to be working on yourself internally so that when you show up in the world, people recognize, hey, there's something different about this guy. There's something different about this girl. You know, look at the way that they act. Look at the, 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 the way that they show up. Look at the, the character traits that they exhibit. And that's exactly what Seneca is trying to get across here. You know, live in your society, contribute, you know, be a part of them. You know, because they're the very people who you have to live with every day. So you might as well, you know, join in on some aspects. But when it comes to the philosophy, you want them to see that in you, not in your surroundings, in you, not your clothes, you know, in you, not your home. So I think that's a really cool idea, and I want you to think about how this relates to you in your life. You know, what are the, what are some of the things that you might be doing in your practice of philosophy that really aren't necessarily for you, but as as a practice of show? You know, trying to separate yourself from the mob and trying to. Uh, you know act as if you're practicing philosophy when really it's an internal game Uh, just have a think about that because i I think that that's such a useful question to meditate on uh, and it's certainly been been helpful for me in my own practice of philosophy but anyway i hope you've enjoyed this episode and i'll talk to you in the next one